Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Today we're going to talk about miscarriage. Now miscarriage has had a lot of media coverage in the last few days as Megan, the Duchess, has come out about her miscarriage and the trauma that caused her. And I noticed in the Daily Paper today, another lady from Central Coast of New South Wales has come to the media with her story of six miscarriages in the past and the trauma that that caused her. Now, miscarriage is very common. It has been forever. Any woman under the age of 35, for every pregnancy that they conceive, one in six, 15%, will end up with a miscarriage. Now, in our grandmother's time, having a miscarriage was just part of reproduction. Without contraception, once people got married, they had children in their early 20s. And amongst that history of having children, there would have been some miscarriages. In the 21st century, when we can contracept well and therefore choose where we want to have a baby, and when we choose when we want to have a baby, we want it to be perfect. Having a miscarriage is a significant problem. Finding out you're pregnant, the joy of knowing that and knowing that you've been successful can turn to tears in one in six pregnancies. It's very common. When you get over 35, the rate of miscarriages increases. At 40, it's about one in four. And by 45, if you happen to conceive, one in two pregnancies will end in a miscarriage. 99% of miscarriages occur before 12 weeks of pregnancy, early on. There's an occasional one after 12 weeks, but that's very uncommon. The articles that have been written and TV programs that have been shown do highlight the fact that a miscarriage isn't something to ignore, that it really does have an emotional impact on people. To deal with that emotion, the first step is to try and understand what has caused the miscarriage. My patients who have miscarriages spend substantial amounts of time after the miscarriage wondering whether they'd caused it. It's the first normal reaction to losing something. Was it my fault? There's no evidence that anything that anyone does causes a miscarriage. I've had women say I shouldn't have taken my aspirin that night because I had a headache. I've caused the miscarriage. That's not true. I picked up a heavy box and I hurt my back and I caused the miscarriage. No, you didn't. Miscarriages are not caused by those sorts of events. The vast majority of miscarriages are in fact nature dealing with its mistakes. Humans are actually poor reproducers and the reason for that is that many embryos that are created are actually genetically abnormal. Our work with genetic testing of embryos has shown us that. 
that even at 30, 50% of your embryos, even though they get to day five, which is when they would normally attach to the uterus, 50% of good-looking embryos are genetically abnormal. Now, nature usually makes those not attach, that they're gone by the time the period is missed. But a small percentage do go through. And over the three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks after conception, those abnormal embryos fail. Either the embryo doesn't grow or the placenta breaks down. And they do so because they were genetically abnormal embryos. So it's nature doing a good job. It doesn't want, as we don't want, abnormal children being born. There are few genetically abnormal babies who do get through that time. And, and Down syndrome, for instance, is one of them. But that's very uncommon. So going back to miscarriage, it looks like as many as 60 to 70% of miscarriages are related to that chromosomal abnormality, that random abnormality, not caused by the parental genetic makeup. It's just nature and the eggs and sometimes a sperm. And the most important aspect of treating a miscarriage is to do no harm. 50 years ago, the Americans thought that estrogen would improve pregnancy outcomes in threatened miscarriage. And they gave a drug called diethylstilbestrol, D-E-S. In the generation of children born after its use, there was significant increase in uterine abnormalities and later on in life, clear cell carcinoma. It was a disaster. Now, progesterone we know is a safe drug. It doesn't affect the baby. It's natural. Pregnancy hormone, HCG, which I use, is normal. It's natural. Steroids can increase the risk in some studies of cleft lip or cleft palate. It must be taken when there is a real indication, not just for the sake of it, when there's no proof of immunological issues. Blood thinners seem to do no harm. Miscarriage is common. It's traumatic when that pregnancy that you so wanted fails. But you have to be optimistic that if you've had one miscarriage, there's an 80% chance your next pregnancy will be absolutely fine. And even after two or three miscarriages, the odds of a pregnancy far outweigh the risks of a further miscarriage. It's hard to be optimistic. Be reassured. Nature is on your side. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.